Hello there. My name is Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. There can't be many compensations for growing old, but in my case there is one which is very dear to my heart. I, thankfully, was fortunate enough to take part in the legendary Jumbo Cod era along Lancashire's file course from the mid-1970s through to the 1980s. The actual time duration probably extends beyond those two boundaries in both the build-up and the tailing off, but that particular ten-year period was just about as good as it gets. I've podcasted this story already in minute detail previously both on my own and recalling it as a joint effort with Brian Douglas. And on both of those occasions, my long-time friend George Hemsworth, who sat in the chair next to me here, came in for a fervid of stick, because unlike Brian and myself, who lived in land and therefore relied on frozen bait, you would not put to sea under any circumstances without fresh black lug, which you could dig within five minutes of where we're sat just at the moment, which is very close to Blackpool's Ginn Square. Yet so far as I can recall, and I know I'll be corrected here if I'm wrong, despite getting lots of very good cod on those fresh baits, you personally never had one in excess of £30 on rod and line in the boat, despite the fact that on a number of occasions, anglers using frozen bait regularly did. And for many years now you'd be reminded of just that fact, as the fresh versus frozen worm debate rumbles on. There is, however, another side to this story, because when you went down on the beach digging your black lug, some of it would also go onto a set line pegged down towards the low water mark and left to cover for a time before being checked the next low water, usually after they'd been out overnight. And I know for a fact that some of the cod you came back with off that beach as a result would have put even the best of those dinghy catches in the shade. Well, you've got to, you've got to realise it's 12 hours. The line's going to be down 12 hours. Frozen baits might catch fish on the day if it's on 10 minutes, half an hour. But when you're asking for a 12 hour, you need fresh bait. If you're going after big fish, you've got to think big. You've got to put your big hoops on. You've got to put your big baits on. And if that big one passes, then you've got one. If it doesn't, then you've got nugget on your line. You've got to be able to dig bait because, or unless you've plenty of money and go to the shop and buy it. But uh, where the bait is, more often than not, the fish are. So, you know, everybody has their favourite spots to go to. And uh, it's just, I think, a lot of luck. <laughs> a lot, a lot of luck. I've enjoyed night lining. As much as I've enjoyed fishing out in a boat, as much as I've enjoyed fishing off the piers. It's been pure enjoyment. It can be a little bit uh, when the weather's bad. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail on that. <laughs> then you get together, there's a group of you doing it, setting lines out. All your lines along the beach. More often than not, depending on the weather, depending on how many worms you can dig to how big your lines can be. It's no good putting a hundred hooks out if you can only bait up fifty. And if you've got 100 hooks out and you've got to put two worms on every hook, you've got a lot of digging to do. And it doesn't take 10 minutes to dig all those worms. Times have changed now, they're pumping them out. So maybe you can put bigger lines out, but you couldn't when you were using a spade. And especially in the middle of winter, rolling your sleeve up, putting it down that hole. Obviously, this was during the now famous file jumbo cod era. So give us a little bit of the timing and background about that particular period of Lancashire's angling history. I'd say it was late 70s when they really came on. Like I say, the Fireboat Angling Club for two years running that I know of, in fact, have two trophies in there. And the biggest cod was £3. 
Then all of a sudden it, it reached as high as, I think it was £42. Now, that was a one-off. <laughs> we didn't all catch cod at £42 myself. At my biggest was £28. I don't know what Phil Williams's was. He'll say it was a lot bigger than that, but don't believe everything he says. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't. My personal best was around £24, though collectively on the boat we had them to £38, with three over 30 in the same year. Unfortunately, I always ended up netting them for somebody else. I didn't get any. Now on the lines, £40 plus we were getting. In, like I say, uh, I've been doing night lining since, trying to think, uh, I'd say 48, 1948. And in that time, you were catching cod, uh, 15, 20 pound, depending where you were. If you were up Russell Way, there were suggestions of 30, 40 pounders, but I never saw any of them. Uh, on the pier, if you got a 20 pound cod, you got a big fish and they were getting it up with a gaff sort of thing from the pier. That was my early days. I was laying lines at the same time and... I could feed the street on fish, cod, and I used to lay them in summer as well. There was a selection of fish, but in the, I'd say, middle 70s, 80s, that's when the big stuff moved in, and, well, it was great. <laughs> it might even tempt me out again if they could reappear, but uh, it's going to take time. I think maybe, I don't know, overfished. I don't think it's our fault. I don't think what we took uh, didn't do any harm, but uh, the trawlers and all the rest of it. Definitely. Who's to blame? I don't know. I don't know. Whether they'll come back again. Keep our fingers crossed. Watch this space. But uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as much as boat fishing, pier fishing, all types. I, you walk to the water and you're looking for a, a fin stuck up. A big fin stuck up. I don't mean <laughs> shark size, but a big fin. And you go in the water and you're excited and you can see this big cod. And as the tide comes backwards and forwards, the cod's going backwards and forwards, and you're frightened of it getting off. Do you gaff it? I've seen lads even diving on them and sitting on them <laughs> to hold them. I've seen them lose them and all. I myself have lost quite a few in the surf when uh, you get that exciting. And uh, we're same in the boats, aren't we? When you see a big one coming up, oh, the old ticker starts going. And yeah, it's great, great. Enjoy life. Are we to take it then that the night tides were the best? I've done both sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I think we took more on night lines. It was luck. Uh, further down the beach, sometimes they'd get more, sometimes we'd get more. It wasn't even experience, it was just pure luck. But you had to be able to dig bait. If you couldn't dig bait, unless you were loaded, you couldn't do it. The actual cost of um, making a line-up was, you know, peanuts. I think I were buying hooks then, cod hooks, at £3.00. Well, I didn't used to set 100 line hooks. It was more 50, if that. So 50 hooks weren't costing you nothing, bit of choline and a bit of nylon, and that was it. You know, enjoy yourself. Get as long as you could dig worms. And then you've got your tilly lamp, and then you've got your, <laughs> your spade, because pumps weren't in then. And uh, that was basically it. And all your waterproofs, of course, you needed them. So give us a flavour then of the range of sizes of the fish that were coming out. Well, there were certain times of the year. There were no point in going in middle of summer to try and catch cod at £30 because there just weren't any there. 
you had to wait for the winter time to come before you could catch the cod. And I always found that January, February, for the big stuff, that was the best time both in the boats, on the lines. As long as you've got the bait on and the fish passing it and they see it, you've got a nice fish. I remember taking my son-in-law out, and he'll tell you himself, I put a 12-hooker out, I baited it up with two worms on each hook, big, big hooks. And uh, the next day, we went down with 11 fish on 12 hooks, and the biggest was 40-odd pound plus. And I give him this cod to carry off, and I were collecting the others. You put a piece of string and put it through the gills and over your shoulder and away you go. I couldn't find the son-in-law. He had collapsed carrying this cod off the beach. He'd completely gone. I'd ended up having to carry him off as well. And <laughs> I took the cod first and took him second. Kidding, like. <laughs> but the fish definitely came first. <laughs> yeah, time's gone by. Give us a clearer picture now of the lines themselves how they were made up, anchored in place, and the best spots for setting them. Everybody, I like channels, you know, I'm getting the channels. And like I say, if there's a bit of, if there's casts there, that helps a bit more, if there were a few rocks around, so it disturbed the water. Everybody had their own favourites, you know. Uh, well, a gentleman, I'm forgetting his name now, dear, what's he called? Don Nicholson. Uh, Don, used to dig along and... Um, worm and uh, lay lines near him we used to be together like and he was a rum he always got the biggest he always well he always thought he did anyway and he always caught, dug the most worms Don I think he's gone now isn't he I don't know Don but uh, yeah and what were the lines themselves made out of sorry uh, Colleen mainly I used to use thin Colleen for the hooks uh, the main line was a thicker Colleen used to buy it from Fleetwood. Uh, next to now, you'd get a big reel of it. And make it up yourself. Nothing fancy. Just uh, didn't even whip the hoops on. Just made a loop on the hoop, shove it through, and that was basically it. Uh, everybody had their own ideas. But uh, I've always said the cod down there, all they're bothered about is what you've got on end of hoop. They're not bothered about whether you're in a boat costing 20000 or a boat costing £100. If that cod goes past and you've got the right bait over the side, you've got a fish, and that's all that matters. Be it fresh or frozen. <laughs> and what about the hooks? Were these attached using nylon snoods? No, just um, calling. That's all I ever used. Calling. Red calling, mainline, thickish, and thinnish calling. I don't know what breaking strain it was. And they even broke that on occasions, cod. And I've had cod caught where they've taken a whiting and then the cod's come along and gone for whiting and got the up. That, the biggest cod are like that. Yeah, it's all luck. If you don't try, you don't get. But people say it's not fishing that, but it give me as much enjoyment. So how did you actually anchor the ends of the line down? Only a small square piece of wood. Oh, Don Nicholson used to just wrap a piece of rag up and tie it to that. And then dig a hole, sink it down. No problem. Never lost any. Now, there's another problem with the uh, people just starting. It's all right going out, digging the words, putting the line down, then the tide comes in and then you, oh, suddenly, where did I put the line? Well, when you're starting off, you need to put a boy down, or unless you know the beach and you know, obviously, if you've been doing it a long time. 
but there's so many people put lines down and then done all the work and next day they can't find the plastic lines <laughs> which is a laugh to the regulars but it happens a lot it happened a lot there aren't as many lining now as there used to be because there's not as many big fish so a boy put a boy 10 metres or 10 foot away from your line or two boys if you want so you can find it in dark because that's mainly when the tides are backing off it's not in daylight it's at night time so you do have problems seeing it unless you know where you are and if you're a regular it's not often you lose a line unless you've got to watch the forecast as well on the, on the television anything to find out it's a nice calm day today but what's it going to be like tomorrow when the tide backs off are they giving gale force winds because if the tide doesn't go out as far as it did the day before when you set the line and you don't get at your line you lose a line or you have to walk out to sea to find your line which is another problem what were the best tides and weather conditions oh the bigger the tide not too big not the 33 footers but the 30s are better than the 24 foot we wouldn't dream of putting a line down on a 24 foot uh, it had to be a reasonable size because you can't get the bait on a 24 foot it's got to be a reasonable size tide to get the bait and that's well was 28 30s well you can put it on a 33 but one heck of a run on a 33 but you catch nice fish or you used to do i wish everybody was doing it again because i'm sure the fish must be still out there the number of people aren't going out there now are what used to go out and like i say the write-up in the paper and there's nobody writing up if somebody was writing up saying they caught two 30 pound cod there'd be 50 volts out there a week after but unfortunately you don't find that out what about weather conditions for lines it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's better if it's a little bit choppy but uh, no it's easier to find your line if it's flat calm and uh, if the tide's growing going up to the top you don't want to be putting it right out when the tides start dropping down you know if it goes from a 28 to a 26 it's not going to go out as far next time so you've got to be watching that all the time or you can lose a line for a fortnight and then get it back when the tides start lifting again happens quite a lot or it did do because when the gales blew and what have you you'd just lost your line for a fortnight now as you've said you've been setting lines for many years You've also been small boat fishing for many years and some people are not happy with anglers getting involved in what they see as being commercial fishing. But that's an argument for another time because there is an important angling lesson to be learned here. It's difficult, particularly if you have a big boat and a big engine, to stop and anchor the sort of distances out that you would be setting your lines which is well inside the low watermark. Yet you were coming off the beach with fish that most small boat anglers would give the right arm to catch. Shouldn't that then teach us a lesson, particularly when fishing after dark? Are anglers, in your opinion, sometimes guilty of sailing over good fish? Yes and no to that. I mean, there's people, like the biggest one that came up was £42. That wasn't caught 100 yards off. That was caught way off Shell Wharf, I think, somewhere around that area. Uh, certainly, you couldn't get a line put down, not uh, manually. You'd have to drop it over the side. So, no, there's good and bad sort of thing you can get some at 100 yards out you can get them two three four miles off it's just pure luck it's in the right spot at the right time with the right bait and no matter where you are 
if it's passing, you've got a fish. Most of the big cod taken by anglers at that time were caught in daylight. We did night fish, but with the odd exception, didn't see anything like the cod we could expect to catch on the daytime tides. Maybe they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do as well. I did on uh, night lines, but not, as you say, going out in boat. It was a waste of time more often than not. Anglers sailing out over the fish then? I don't know. I don't know. It's an unknown factor. I don't know, because it's anchored to the floor, your night line, whereas, you know, you've got the problem of the run and all the rest of it when you're fishing from boat. Maybe it can either slop, slop, slop on the boat. Some people have said that, the noise on a boat. The big uh, charter boats, when they come near, you don't go near a charter boat, you don't catch it, they're making a noise, you know. Keep away from them, we've got all that. I don't know what the truth was. To give an example, I remember one night when we had a little 13-foot boat turn up with a seagull outboard on it. It turned out that he was so scared of going out the kind of distance we had in mind that he dropped his anchor literally on the low watermark. We ended up with a few fish, but nothing special. Yet when he came back up on top, he'd at least two cod topping 20 pounds, plus others well into double figures. Yeah, but you can mention days like that when the boats that went too far out uh, caught all the fish. You know, there's good days, bad days for inshore and outshore. You've got to try it, and you've got to put an X on water and say, I'm going to fish here today. And if the fish pass, you've, you've got it. I don't think there's any set place. In fact, we did that once. We had a good day. Uh, with about 20 cod on board and I said we're not messing about tomorrow we'll mark this spot with an anchor and we did do with a float on the top and tomorrow we're coming straight for this because we've had a good day we went the day after and guess what we caught note <laughs> so you know that answers the question to me you might think you've got the right spot but it, they move around and that lad still living here could tell you <laughs> Ah, Chris, I... No, it's pure luck, I think so. Plus, if you're using fresh bait, it helps. <laughs> I also remember doing a daytime trip that ran well on into being a night trip with a break while we came ashore at Cleveland's for some chips at tea time when you came over and gave us a bit of fresh bait to go with the frozen stuff we had on board. So I put some on, but all I could catch with it was whiting. These fish were obviously picking up on the extra scent and being quicker off the mark than the less numerous cod, were getting to the baits first. I gave it an hour, then switched back to the frozen, and almost immediately caught an 18 pound cod. So I think we'll just have to continue agreeing to disagree on that score. Certainly with the jumbo cod are concerned. <laughs> <laughs> 